All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back. It's another episode of the Fight Cast, episode 18. Got a light weekend on the UFC card. It was a pretty uh, uneventful weekend in the UFC. There's a lot of controversy again. I'm starting to get <clears throat> a little bit sick of these uh, UFC fights. They're, they're starting to get really boring. And a lot of these guys, unless they're like, even the big fights, they're starting to just just not uh it, it's tough when you have to pay for some of these fights this one was free which was fine but like when you have to pay for some of these bigger fights and and neither nothing happens or it ends in like controversy um but anyways it was uh this past weekend we had leon edwards Bilal muhammad and it was uh leon edwards was coming off he's so leon edwards is one of these dudes who is essentially I don't want to say a mystery, but like he's, he hasn't fought in two years and he was nine and oh coming into this fight. He's on a nine fight win streak. And he's the dude that like could do some damage and like has the skill and has everything that you want in a fighter to kind of like take out that welterweight division and, and give Kamaru Usman like a, a shot. And like I said, he hadn't fought in two years. So this was like a big comeback and he was supposed to fight Hamzat Kamaev and that got pushed back twice because Kamaev had COVID and then he just like retired and cause he got COVID again. So Bilal Muhammad stepped in on, I think it was three weeks notice and Bilal Muhammad's a, a really good fighter. He's a, you know, a scrappy guy. He's, he's a high pressure and he's usually the one who's pushing forward and, and kind of getting everybody on their heels. But this fight was Right from the beginning, I saw Edwards dominating. And he, you know, he was pushing forward. He was landing his, his uh, punches better. Muhammad was throwing some punches, but he wasn't landing. Um, Edwards was really accurate. He hit him with a kick. He cut him on, on the side of the head. And then they uh, got into a little bit of like a trade-off with their hands. And Leon Edwards went to throw a kick that he was covering with his left hand. And he fucking reached in poked his eye and like pulled out it was gross they showed like the it was not the eye the eye didn't come out but he the way he went in he like reached in and then like his eye got cut or caught in the lid and he like pulled his eyelid out and um yeah and they muhammad like started screaming and he was like i can't see so they called the fight it was pretty gross they showed like a i saw this one picture that they showed on instagram and like it was like a close-up of his eye and it was literally like his eye was closed like this, but it was open from the bottom. So you could just see his oh, eye like oh. push back in his socket. It was nasty. Oh, so, so, oh. so, um, so it ended with a no decision, which sucks because Leon Edwards was winning that fight. I think it would have been an exciting fight because Bilal Muhammad, someone who actually usually is a little bit slow of a starter. And then he comes on later. And Edwards just looked sharp. So I don't know that he would have lasted that long personally. And I think Edwards knew that going into this because as soon as the fight was over, he, he demanded a title shot. He's like, I want a title shot. And he didn't even want, he doesn't even want the rematch with Muhammad. Uh, at least from as far as I know, he doesn't want the rematch with Muhammad. I think he only did this because he had the fight and he just wanted to get it over with and fight. And he saw that uh, Hamza Kamaev wasn't going to be back anytime soon. So with this, uh, you know, it, it's coming to a point where Leon Edwards, they're going to have to go off of a, a round and a half in two years and say whether or not he's willing or uh, 
deserving of a title shot. And, you know, I, I think he he's definitely an interesting option. I think they could definitely throw him in, and I think it'll be a good fight between him and Usman. But I don't know that – I think he needs to have one more fight before he steps in with Usman because – you know, I, I, I could be wrong, but, it, you know, the ring rust didn't look like it was there for him, like, at all. Like, he just stepped in. Like I said, he was sharp, but that just could have been the opponent. Um, but, yeah, so ended with an eye poke, uh, no decision – and they called it there and that was it so edwards was calling for a title shot and Bilal muhammad wants his rematch so i I don't know what's going to happen there i don't i don't see a way in which edwards gets a title shot right away unless something happens with uh uzman and or unless uzman beats masvidal so if uzman beats masvidal i think there could be a shot that he gets it but if anything else happens between masvidal and uzman i i I think he's going to be on the back burner for at least another year for a title shot. So it kind of, it stinks that, you know, he's put in that position, but what are you gonna do? You know, and he's got, he's kind of had some bad luck. Cause like I said, a lot of his, a lot of this two years off wasn't his fault. A lot of it was like fights falling through or fights being pushed back and then falling through. And then, you know, he comes back, he looks really good. And then he ends with a, an, a random eye poke, like for the second week in a row, some type of eye poke that's, mess something up so um they need to change the gloves first off there's been talk of it for a while and there's been a couple people who so the ufc gloves for those of you and i don't know how familiar you are with the ufc gloves but they're just like up to the the knuckle that's it um from what i understand everyone's in agreement that if they just made the the full curve glove that covered the fingers you could still grab but there wouldn't be the eye pokes right that's it you wouldn't have fingers then and what i yeah what i understand is that the ufc the only reason ufc hasn't changed is because they invented the gloves that they're using and they wouldn't have like the patent for or like the the full ownership of like the the curved glove so that's yeah. why they haven't done it so essentially it's like a money thing um but a lot of these thing. what <laughs> they don't care about the fighter safety yeah yeah so like because what's happening is a lot of these fighters are adopting this uh like this handout yeah. uh, see, yes. style of fighting to try to control the range and try to control the opposite hand because, you know, I, I mean, there's probably someone that did it before, but I first noticed it with Connor and Connor, when he would fight, he would stick his hand out and like almost grab the other person's hand yeah. to like keep his range, but then like also almost like control that other hand. So he knew it wasn't coming because he was looking, he was trying to force the shot. So yeah. these guys are starting that. And with these kicks that are getting like super crazy, like the technical aspect of the kick is like, if you can throw that punch out and get them to react, you can cover up. So like this stuff's just going to start to happen more and more as, you know, they try to cover up punches more. And as people use this like handout type of style of fighting, because people do it in boxing as well, but like, there's no fingers in boxing. So it's, it's different. And like, well, and, and in boxing, you're not allowed to hold your hand out. You can can like, you can put the hand out, but it's got to come back right away. I mean, you'll, you'll see refs tell a guy like, oh, don't keep your hand out there. Don't keep your hand out there. So yeah, yeah you're not allowed to keep it out there anyway. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's aspects that probably need to change in terms of like the ruling and like, you'll see it, you know, I see it at least once or twice a fight now where the guys had his hands out, but they, they have it this way in the UFC, you can hold it like this. Yeah. Like you can hold your hand straight out, but you can't, but what happens is people tend to lean forward a little bit when they have their hand out. So it leads to eye pokes and it leads to a lot of stuff and, you know, Daniel Cormier, last time he fought, uh, he got fucking poked in the eye bad. He had a cornea scrape and like those things are, you know, I had LASIK 
And that was probably some of the worst pain I ever felt in my life. So I can't imagine a cornea scrape. Like it literally just feels like someone set your eyes on fire and then they're just stabbing it for like wow. hours. So it's a, it's nasty issue to have, but they, they should fix it. And I really think the UFC needs to look into if they don't like invent their own glove, whatever they want to do, like invent the glove, but like change it. Cause this, the eye poking is becoming an issue. A lot of people are starting to get poked and it's going to, it's going to end bad. Like if you ever look at, if you ever look on or Google, just Google like the DC uh, eye poke, literally his finger was like halfway in his eye. It was disgusting. So like, they just got to figure out something and, and make this work. Cause it's, it's getting gross, but whatever's next for Leon Edwards. Um, I think if something changes within the uh, welterweight division or the, yeah, the welterweight division, then I think he'll get that shot at Usman, but it, or if nothing, yeah. Did I say that? If nothing changes, if nothing changes and Usman wins, I think he'll be next in line. Uh, but if, something happens or it's a good fight between Masvidal and Usman, which I'm expecting, it'll be a little bit of a better fight than I, I don't see him being that next in line, but we'll see what happens this weekend. We got uh, Kevin Holland's fighting who I always enjoy watching. So Kevin Holland is, he's an exciting dude. He's he, he, I think he's on a five fight win streak and he won all five fights last year. He fought five times in 2020, won every single fight. He had one of the sickest knockouts I've ever seen against uh, what the hell was his name? I gotta look up his name. Um, he was on his back, and this guy was a jujitsu guy. And he let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, Ronaldo Souza. I forgot his nickname though. He has a nickname, but fought Souza and he was on his back with his legs out in front of him and he used his legs to swing and hit the hit the guy Souza in the face and knocked him out on his knees the guy was on his knees and yeah if you look up look up the Kevin Holland on uh Souza knockout I can't remember this I can't remember his fucking nickname uh damn but if you look up that knockout he was on his back Swung his legs across his body, hits him right in the forehead with a fist, stands up and just drops the dude, and that was it. And the fight was over. You watching it right now? Yeah. So Kevin Holland, like I said, he was five and zero last year. Won all five fights. He fought. He started fighting in May, and ended his last fight in December. Just to show you, like how impressive that is. So he fought May, August, September, October, and December. Uh, he's a really exciting fighter. He's long. He's lanky. He's, you know, he, he's got a lot of skills in his game. He's a black belt. He's a great striker. He's a kicker. You know, he's got a lot of skills. And I'm excited to see him work. So this is going to be his sixth fight in under a year. And he's, he's impressive. And he's fighting against a guy, Derek Brunson, who's an athlete, who's a, a veteran in the game. He's a, you know, a heavy handed wrestling guy with a brutal takedowns. And he's, he, he's kind of sloppy. He's not very, uh, you know, he's not someone who wins a lot of fights that go past like the second round. And he's very much of like a dude who goes forward and like tries to make it happen. I think, I, I don't know the exact number, but I know a large portion of his recent fights haven't gone past the first round, whether he got knocked out or he knocked somebody else out. So if, if he goes in that way, I think Kevin Holland's going to drop him. I think Kevin Holland's going to, he's just been shown to, 
just have that skill and that knockout power and just the ability to kind of just end it for guys on one punch. And uh, he's got, like I said, he's just got that unorth like that it factor that you don't see in a lot of fighters, like the, almost like the Izzy or like, you know, he can knock people out from those weird positions on his back and he's just like swinging his feet forward, hitting them in the head. And, um, but he's got good uh, grappling. He's got good striking and he's just a really, and he talks, he just talks so much. Like even if you watch that fight, the whole fight with that last guy, did you see the knockout? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was crazy. But if you watch like the first uh, half of the, or, you know, the first portion before he knocked him out, he's just like in the ring getting punched in the face on the ground. He's like, I was dreaming of this the other night. He's like, he's like, that was a good one. That was a good one. He's getting punched in the face. He's just talking and talking and talking. He talks at the press conference. So He's an exciting dude. Um, and I, I'm excited to watch him fight. I'm excited. That's a free fight. I didn't, I forgot that it was a free fight this weekend. Um, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to beat Brunson in a, with a TKO in the second round. And then he'll be on for his, you know, I'd love to see how many times he could fight. You know, if he keeps not getting touched, he could fight, you know, he's, he's one of those dudes who's like, if the fight's there, I want it like in the next fight, like as soon as possible, I'm going to take it. So if he doesn't get touched up, he can fight again. I can definitely see him fighting within, you know, the next uh, couple months. And I know that with, he's one of those dudes who's been calling Izzy out a couple times and he's been pretty adamant about fighting Izzy. Um, Izzy recently had an interview after his past weekend, just kind of with Ariel Helwani, just kind of recapping everything that happened over the past couple of weeks with his fight and his loss. And he says, uh, which is going to be another big fight in a couple of weeks. He's going to give the fight to Darren Till if Darren Till beats Martin Vittori. So the middleweight division is starting to get pretty packed because there's there's Costa, there's Holland, there's Whitaker, Gasolum, there's uh, obviously Izzy, and then there's uh, who did I just say? Oh, Till Vittori. All the, that's about six or seven names that are like packed up at the top that are going to be able to take a shot at Izzy, and I think. Of that, the only ones Izzy hasn't fought are Holland, Darren Till, and he fought Fedori already. So Dar- Holland and Darren Till are uh, two be great fights. And I think that Izzy obviously has the choice there, what he wants to do. And I think, you know, Kevin Holland will be one down the line that he takes. So see what happens. Kevin Holland, TKO, second round. And uh, other announcements, uh, if anybody saw, but um, Dana White came on Instagram uh, he announced Kevin or uh, Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal will be in a fully packed arena on April 24th. I think it's uh, full, no limitations in Texas. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it says on here. Let me see. Uh, it makes total sense. It's got to be either Texas or Florida. I don't know if it says. Or Georgia, but uh, it's Florida, Jacksonville. Jacksonville arena. Um, it's going to be a full, full arena from what I understand. It'll be the first one back and uh, it's going to be, it'll be exciting, I guess, with all the fans back. And um, you know, as long as everybody doesn't get COVID, but well, <laughs> you can bank on a large number of them probably coming out with it. So, well, it's even tested <laughs> it anymore. And, that's going to stay. and then, you know what, a month later, they're going to have to start having shit on flight Island again. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But whatever. They got the next fight coming back. At least he uh, gets, at least Masvidal gets some time to fucking train for this. Yeah. I, so there was some news that came out about that. I still think it was my beats him though. No, I think he's gonna too. But there, so 
from what I, someone said, or who was it? It was, uh, oh, Dustin Poirier. He came out and said that Masvidal was training the whole time before that fight. Yeah. And he was like training with Dustin Poirier. Masvidal was like his main sparring partner. Yeah. For, for the five weeks before the Usman fight. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I think we've talked about this before. Listen, when guys say that, like, oh, you know what I mean? I, I was on short notice. I didn't train. It's like, yeah, okay, you didn't train specifically for this guy, yeah. but you still training. Right, that, that's what fighters do. They're they're in the gym. Yeah. Right. So of course, like he was in shape. So maybe there's like, like there's training and then there's like camp and like. So as, as far as as far yeah as far as game planning for the specific fighter, okay, what well, that wasn't there. Yeah, you know I mean, but either not- way, it's just like so that's why I, and I'm still, I still think it's going to be a way better fight. I don't think that Masvidal is going to get fifty forty three like he did last time, um, because I think that weight cut had a lot to do. He, he dropped 26 pounds in five days. Yeah. Like, that's just it's not you're, – you're going to get tired. You're going to get fatigued. You're not going to have the same output. So, like, that alone, I think, is going to make this a closer fight. And then there's always the factor, like, I don't think Masvidal's a great fighter. I think he's a very, very high-level fighter. I think he gets sloppy, but he's got very good boxing. And I've seen Usman get caught in the last two times he's been out there. Uh, so – it's it's a question of whether Masvidal can catch him because I think he's and, and this is the other thing is Masvidal and we'll talk about this more obviously as it gets close but Masvidal is a, a very good overall fighter he's not just a striker he can wrestle very well and he wrestled he wrestled with Usman pretty well last time out and I don't think that I think he was just getting you know people looked back at the score and not the actual fight and were like oh the, you know he got crushed and destroyed and yeah Usman won but Masvidal kept up with him pretty well with the wrestling. And it's just a matter of if he can stay, um, you know, engaged with the striking and keep it there. And Usman, and he's been called, you know, by Connor specifically, a jock, a jock strap sniffer type of fighter where he just, he digs his head down, he holds you against the fence and he just like stomps on your feet and, and just holds you there to waste time. So it's just one of those things where if Masvidal can counteract that and actually get into a position where he can keep the fight standing, then I see this fight going like 50-50 at that point. Because, you know, Usman has a chin because he got caught by Burns. He got caught by, I think, he, I don't know if he got caught by Masvidal, but he definitely got hit last time out. And he doesn't move his head very well. So if he gets caught a couple of times, you know, Masvidal has definitely got the power to put him out, like easily. So it's just a matter of if he can stay up and he can stay, you know, moving in that direction. But we'll see what happens when that comes up. Uh, last thing, announcement. Um, Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa was supposed to be a big fight that was coming up. And I don't know exactly what happened with Costa, but he said he was sick. And there's some like talk about why, because it's about a month out from the actual fight to say he's sick and then be like drop out from the fight is kind of weird. Uh, a lot of people think he's, <laughs> I've seen a lot of funny memes or, you know what Paulo Costa looks like? Uh, I, yeah. Isn't, isn't he like a, like a short, like stocky? Yeah. Looking? He's like a short, he's not short. He's like, you know, he's a shorter, like well, I mean, stocky Brazilian. Stocky. Yeah. Brazilian. Like, and, uh, there's a bunch of memes where Robert Whitaker was like sitting in a pool on like a bunch of floaties, like flamingo floaties. And it's like, the caption was uh, explaining to casuals why the guy on the left is afraid to fight the guy on the right. And like the Pelicost is like all sweaty and jacked and Whitaker's just like sitting on a floaty with like his, like just gut hanging out at that point in time. And it's so stupid, but it's true. Whitaker's just a bad, like he's a good fighter. 
And uh, I don't know if Costa like pulled out, but like he's he's uh, he's not doing too well since that Izzy fight. That's all I know. He's been, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. But Gaslam, Kevin Gaslam stepped in on short notice for Whitaker, and I think that fight is in three weeks, uh, April seventeenth. Yeah, so that'll be uh, just about a month away. So that'll be a really good fight. I'm excited to see that one, and that's going to be a fight night too. So that'll be a free fight. Uh, so definitely tune into that one if you're a fight fan. Uh, yeah, so recap, Kevin Holland, second round TKO. And then, uh, yeah, we'll get into some boxing. We had some good boxing this week. I'll let Jake start to break that down, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, first we had um, David Benavidez um, versus Ronald Ellis. Um <clears throat> I think I picked uh, Benavides in like a, a ninth round knockout, something like that. I think he, I think he ended up being a tenth round knockout, um, but it was just a beat down. What I expected. Ronald Ellis is just not on the, the same type of skill level as Benavides. Um, Benavides has been out of the ring for a while, so for him, it was probably just a warm up fight. Um, it was it, that was a, um, a mandatory challenger fight, so. Now Benavides is his name is in there to fight um, belt holders, Canelo at Superman, Canelo, Caleb Plant, all those guys. So, well, that was, about Canelo that was fight? typically the WBC though. So it, it would be to fight Canelo, which we know that that it may happen. Um, uh, thinking about the schedule that Canelo put out for himself, he's gonna fight two more times this year after Billy Joe. So it's possible he may fight Benavides in the summer and then fight Caleb Plant at the end of the year. Did he say uh, anything about Canelo post-fight or no? Uh, I didn't wait around. To, oh, okay. I was I was already watching the uh, Chuck Latito fight. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm sure he did. I, I mean, I haven't heard anything. I, well, at the last minute, so like two days before the fight, he, he uh, it said that he rejected the mandatory offer. Um, so I don't know what that's about. Um, maybe because he, he didn't want to wait around for Canelo to fight these other guys. I don't know. Maybe it's bullshit. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know why you would reject that. I mean, yeah. you fight for belts. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but he is a name that's in that division now, the super middleweight division with, with, Plant and Saunders and Canelo and, and all those guys. So um, he'll be a name to watch out for. Um, then we had the uh, Chocolatito and um, Juan Francisco Estrada fight. Great fight. Um, two guys that just, just went at each other the entire 12 rounds. Um, I picked Gonzalez in a decision. Estrada ended up winning a decision. Um, Controversy. Yeah, uh, I disagree wholeheartedly. I, I thought I thought it was pretty clear that um, Gonzalez won the fight. Um, but two, so two judges had it scored one fifteen to one thirteen, which isn't terrible. It's like okay, you know, basic four of those rounds were like closer. They had um, you know. A couple extra going to Estrada. Okay. Uh, but the third judge who got suspended today uh, had it 117-111 for Estrada, which is like, I don't know where the fuck he was, but he wasn't ringside. 
Uh, he maybe he's looking at his phone or something. I don't know what the fuck happened, but these guys, they, that's just got to stop, man. Um, so he's ruining my, my, my fucking winning percentage here, picking fights. But <laughs> uh, if you got functioning eyeballs and you watch the fight, you know that I was right. I mean, because I was one that fucking fight. I mean, there's, there's not even a question. Like at a certain point, it just became like, yeah, they're both trading punches. And I think even that, um, uh, the punch stats showed that, that Gonzalez landed more and his connect percentage was, I think, 2% higher. I think it was 39 to 37 at the end of the fight. And he landed more overall punches. Uh, he, I think he landed more uh, power punches too. So, um, and, and, and at, a, at a certain point, it just became uh, every time it looked like Estrada had something going, he was throwing a combination. Gonzalez would pick it up and then just push Estrada back wherever he wanted, mm-hmm. force him back, hitting him with fucking everything. And that happened, you know, four or five rounds in a row toward the end of the fight. So I, I thought it was pretty fucking clear that Gonzalez won the fight. Um, it was a bullshit decision. But either way, it was a, it was a great, great fight. Um, uh, Estrada, you know, won the belt. So he's got two belts now. So um, it's a really good fight, though. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that there's needs to be something that happens with these judges because in boxing, I've seen it a lot in UFC. I've seen it a decent amount and I'm starting to see it like last weekend with Izzy or two weekends ago with Izzy, you know, whoever was watching that fight, it definitely wasn't that far apart. I think that, I think these judges start to, and I think that, you know, Dana was saying that Dana White within the UFC. And I know that um, I think it was Bob Arum has said it before, but like these dudes, these judges hand out like 10 eights now, like it's fucking nothing. Like they just like, they hand out 10 eights. Like it's like literally like it's candy. They're just like, all right, you get a 10 eight, you get a 10. Like, and I was listening to, uh, I listen to Chael Sonnen a lot because he breaks down. I like his breakdown and like UFC fights and just fighting in general. And, you know, he described it. He's like a 10 eight round is, is essentially, the other guy was getting smashed and at one point they could have stopped the fight. And like, there was a point at, in that fight in which, or in that round that like you would have, you could have made an argument that the other person, you know, the ref could have came in and stopped it. He's like, that should be a 10, eight or like a, anything less than that. He's like, you know, these fights that are happening, these guys, you know, like Izzy and you, and you like with the, Estrada fight is like they're just handing out 10-8 rounds if like the other guy hits a couple more shots or hits a couple more like these and and no one no one usually has the issue with like the winners in that situation but like even the Broner fight like looking at the Broner fight I think someone had it uh right 117 to 111 for him too yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was like some absurd. It was just like you obviously like you obviously weren't watching the fight, and like there was a bunch of rounds that you you obviously gave like ten eights on that like you shouldn't have. And it's just like these these judges need to be held more accountable. And I I really think they need to figure out a way to put these judges on blast a little bit more and know that like when their score comes out, like people are going to be seeing it and a way for the fighters to not. I don't know. I don't know how they do that, but like. There's got to be something that says, you know, this judge said this at this point and like have them get like bashed for it a little bit and like pressure it a little bit. Not like, you know, the death threats that they're probably going to get, but like 
you know, an honest, an honest opinion of like, how, why did you think that was a 10-8 round? Like in what world did you think that was a 10-8 round or that this guy won over eight points? Like they should have to at least explain. They can't just be like, you know, like what did you see in that fight that said that he won by seven points? Yeah. So, well, in, I know in boxing, so obviously a uh, 10-8 round is scored if uh, a fighter gets knocked down, clearly, yeah. right? When we were knocked down. But you can also score around 10-8 if, it, and it, it says like in the rules, if, a, if a, one fighter is completely dominant that round. Yeah. So if you've got a guy, so like, good example, um, the Lomachenko fight. Lomachenko didn't even throw a punch, I don't think, until like the third round. You, so technically, if, if Tio was a little more aggressive and actually landed some stuff, he could have gotten 10-8 rounds for the first three rounds. Because it would have been considered dominant because Lomachenko didn't throw anything. But again, we're we're judging based off fucking common sense too. So yeah. we, we see that Tio wasn't dominant. You know, they were both, you know, uh, a little head. Yeah. But so like there there should never be a 10-8 round without a knockdown if both guys are fucking swinging off. Yeah. That's yeah. not what a 10-8 round is. 10-8 round is again complete and utter dominance by one fighter without a knockdown. That's a 10-8 round. Um, but again, like even like normal scoring, like, it, you know what I mean? I'm looking, so I'm looking at the rule book right now for an attack, direct clean hit with the knuckle part of the glove of either hand to the, uh, any part of the front or side of the head or body above the belt for defense, guarding, slipping, ducking, or getting away from an attack. So if you sidestep and, and, and move laterally while a guy is on an attack, that's that's counting toward your fucking points, your yeah. score, right? So, I mean, again, if you're seeing a guy, right? And in this case, in this particular case, Gonzalez versus Estrada, you're seeing Gonzalez one attack, hitting with it with the knuckles and the, the, the body or the, the head above the belt. That's one part of the scoring, and the other part is defense, which would be in this case, be on Estrada who is not blocking, guarding, slipping, or stepping away from anything. All of his stepping away was a result of Gonzalez landing shots and forcing him into one direction. Those are fucking easy rounds to score. Like, it's idiotic to fucking look, again, like, at least me remembering how I was scoring it. As I remember scoring it going into the 10th round, eight rounds to two for Gonzalez. That's how I had it. And... Um, those last couple rounds were a little closer, Um, but that's how I had it going into it because from those middle rounds on to almost the end of the fight, it was just Gonzalez. Again, Estrada would have like moments during a round, um, land some good clean combinations. And then Gonzalez would fucking come back and just knock him around the ring. And it's, it was clear that his attack was more um, impactful than Estrada's attack. Yeah. Oh, every single time there was an exchange, it was it was clear whose shots were more significant. It was fucking clear. So, I mean, to, to for for some guy to try to score one seventeen to one eleven, I mean, that's fucking idiot. He should never be allowed to judge again. Just yeah. like uh, Julie Letterman scoring fucking one seventeen to one eleven for or one nineteen one oh nine. Yeah. For for To. So. <laughs> Like Loma didn't win a round. Like that's that's insane. He yeah. won. You win in one round. Yeah. That, I mean, that's you got to be a real fucking asshole or real corrupt 
You know what I mean? To, to, to score a fight like that when it's clear to anyone with functioning eyeballs how the fight went down. So, yeah, something needs to be done. And, I, I, and, I, and that's the I, thing I, is like, got suspended. like there was a punishment handed out for it. I'm fucking glad that happened. Yeah. It's just like, the, yeah, there was a punishment, but it's like, you know, wh- that's it though. You know, like maybe he never gets to judge again. I don't know if like that's meaningful to him or not, or meaningful that, but like, they got to well, figure out something for the next judge. who wants to be a fucking dick. That's what I mean. I mean, it's like, it's like, look, you, you do this. You're going to be suspended. Yeah. But good luck getting another job. What do you, what else are you good at? You judge fucking boxing matches. Yeah. Like, go find a regular job. What else are you going to do with your life? Because <laughs> one, once it's like, okay, one of these big organizations like WBC or WBA um, suspend you, where else are you going in the, like, maybe you That's can go true, fucking yeah. score some fights in, in Thailand or some shit. Yeah. Good, good fucking luck. So, I mean, suspending a judge is kind of a, a big deal. You know what I mean? No, it is. It definitely is. It's just like, I, I, it's just like this, it continues to happen. It's like, has this, ha- they've, I'm sure they've suspended judges in the past, right? And yeah, like, but it doesn't happen that often. That's what I'm saying. Like oh, now they're, right. this is swift. This yeah. is like the, the, the swiftest I, I can ever remember this shit happening. Like, it, the, it, you know, it's been less than a week and they're like, yeah, I, they, they looked, they looked over the fight. That means for them to suspend him, that means they went and looked, looked over the fight again they had several people look over the fight again watch the fight then examine his scorecards and how he scored each round and then made the decision to suspend him yeah so that means a group of people in the wba watched that fight and wholeheartedly disagreed with his his scorecard across the board and we're like yeah get him the fuck out of here yeah so i mean it's a good again it's a good precedent to set for judges who want to fuck around like that in the future now yeah, I, I guess I, I, you're right. And I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I thought they were <clears throat> there was like more suspensions that were like usually like that. But I guess that makes sense that there's not. It, but. It's happened, but it's not 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 that often, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, good. I'm, I'm glad there there needs to be something. And like, I've never I've never understood. Or like, they at least should have like some type of understanding because it seemed I've I've always been confused about that because I thought you know and I've heard it. This was before I really like started following fighting like like religiously and i remember i used to hear like dana white or i'd hear like boxers talk about like these judges they need to replace these judges blah blah blah. and like i always thought they were like a part of the organization and like a part of the the, not like the the camps of the people but like a team that were involved with like within the sport and like it's just confusing when some of these dudes put out numbers like it's just wholeheartedly just confusing and you're just like what in the fuck and like like i said just need to be held more accountable and some like live aspect. I wish there was like a live aspect. Obviously you don't want to like, I mean, I don't even know. Like what is the issue of showing the card as you score it? You know, like, is there a problem with that? Like, does that bring any negatives? I, I mean, I, I know that they, they have, um, there's been instances where um, people show their cards right after fight. I think showing the card during the fight, like to the public, especially in this day and age where information is relayed instantaneously that that's a little much well that and like i would say you know i've also heard the argument that like you know one of the best parts of fighting is that is that you know three to five minutes post fight when you're like all right so who the fuck do you think won that fight and there's no like clear judges number there that kind of erases all that which was a really good point that i heard uh that's that's for us but like yeah but you're saying how can you make this better for the actual your players in the event for the fighter yeah for the fighters yeah. too it's like for the fighters yeah. and the you know because yeah maybe maybe you know 
you can, I'm sure that you could look back and be like, you know, go through that fight and make an argument as to why uh, the other guy won the fight and like why both of them won or lost the fight. You can make that argument, but it's like, that's ours, but like, that's that dude's life and like his career that's being put on some random fucking guy who's like, oh, I think he got fucking smashed. And it's like, I think it was the first episode we did this where I said for one of the first episodes where I said that people should be ex fighters. Yeah. The judges should all be ex fighters. And if not, they should, you know, again, they should be jumped in like they're doing the Crips in the blood. <laughs> you have to take a beating. So you know what fighting is like before you score some bullshit like that. Like yeah. these guys are in their, you know, physically harming each other, taking years off of their lives for fucking entertainment purposes. And you're, you're in there fucking with that whole thing with your bullshit score. Yeah, because you know like it's not oh, like... Oh, you need to yeah. either... If you weren't a, a fighter beforehand, before you got this job, you got to take a fucking beating so you know what it's like to get hit in the fucking face before you start doing that shit. Before yeah. you start disrespecting guys like that. Yeah. Now, now again, again, I don't want to... Like, I, I'm some of this anger right now is coming up because of that Julie Letterman score with the, with the Lomachenko because that was ridiculous. Yeah. The, other than the one judge who got suspended here with that 117-111 score, like, I don't have a huge problem with the 115-113. I thought it was clear that Gonzalez won, but you giving a couple extra rounds to Estrada, like, I'm not fucking out over that. Yeah. The one guy, that, that one judge, like, that guy should take a fucking beating before he does some dumb shit like that. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's ridiculous. And, uh, like I said, I, I hope... I hope that they can find something and figure it out. I think it's going to start becoming, and I think as fighting becomes more and more and more and more like mainstream, I'll say like as more and more people pay attention to the sport and not that there wasn't people obviously paying attention to it before, but like, you know, even like the last peak of like boxing was probably, you know, Tyson, like that era of like Tyson. And, you know, when, when like, you know, someone was fighting and like everybody was sitting down and watching it. And like, it's starting oh, to- Mayweather. But Mayweather, Mayweather, yeah, sorry. But Mayweather, but like, you know, social media has grown so much in the last few years, especially that like these guys are actually starting to like feel the <clears throat> the effects of making a score like that. Whereas like, you know, a score like that was felt and then it's like the boxing heads, like the fighting people are like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit, but the other guy's like, oh, okay, well, that's it. You know, it goes on. Where now it's like, you know, you make a, a score like that, it's going to get put out, it's going to get dragged, and it hopefully leads to better decisions overall by all judges. That's all I want, better decisions. It, it can't happen. Especially, it can't happen at all, but especially in, in championship fights. Like exactly. You know, get, get the fuck out of here with those scores. And it's like, you know, the same thing is for – Sorry, it's the same thing is for the uh... like the refs and fights like they're not just going to throw anybody in there like the, the the same dudes are always there on championship nights for most of these fights it's yeah you know, that's if... one thing i mean if you look at boxing refs they're some of the best fucking officials in the world in any yeah. sport these guys are fucking great at what yeah. they do other than like there, there are a few that are have been done a little you know some things that were questionable but for the most part, man, boxing refs are, are like the best officials in the fucking. Well, that's what I mean, boxing. And then like, you know, there's obviously, you know, in, in UFC, it's tough because like there's so much that can happen that sometimes there's bad calls. But still, these refs are, you know, these guys are this is like probably the hardest refing job that you can do because, you know, I've seen 
fights stopped where the dude was like perfectly fine, but they stopped it because what, like, it was just like a heat of the moment thing. It's like the dude's getting destroyed and he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And, but they call it and that's it. And it's like, you have to make a split session set split second decision as a judge to say, I have to save this guy. Like he's either going to like hurt himself or he could get killed. And like, it's not like basketball. It's not like football or, you know, football's obviously a little bit different, but like, you know, it's not this like sport where you just go and play and like, you know, you can make up for it on the next play. Like some dude gets hurt or hit too many times and like fucks up his head or, you know, gets hurt like long-term that's on the judge. And like, he's got to make that decision. So like these guys have literally the, they need to make decisions to save people's lives at times. And like those guys don't just get pushed in. Like they, they didn't, like I said, there's no like recycling or, or like, you know, the, the dudes who are the dudes for judging, for refing are there every single big fight. Yeah, I've in 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. Somebody's... So like the judging should be the same thing. Like what, what's yeah. the big deal of having five, five or 10 like solid judges every single week that needs to be there? And see, that's one of the things that bothers me is that Julie Letterman, going back to her, her father was Harold Letterman. What, one of the fucking, like everyone knows, like he was on HBO for so long as the fucking unofficial scorer and his scorecards were always on point and his explanation for why he scored the fight that way were always on fucking point and that's his daughter so she grew up in boxing with the best scorer that well the best public scorer that we that we know of Mm -hmm. and she does this it's like what the fuck did you learn what were you doing in that household you maniac (laughs) such a so far off it's like what how did you not take the good stuff from your dad but you know it's one thing hey you want to go off and be a nurse it's okay okay we get it you didn't get you didn't take after your dad but you went in the same exact fucking field i mean what the fuck (laughs) sometimes the kids that you know doesn't it doesn't always work out like that we'll see (laughs) well then go fucking do something else (laughs) that's funny um yeah so Moral of the story is clean up the roughing, clean up or not the roughing, clean up the judging, clean up the scorecards, make it more efficient, just make it a better process, and we'll we won't have these problems. That's it. Simple as that. So got some fights coming up this weekend, some big ones. We got uh Virgil Ortiz Jr. versus Maurice Hooker. We got Better Bev, who we both want to see fucking destroy Jake Paul one day. Hopefully we can see it. And uh I forgot the guy's last name. Oh, Coley and Lovaki. Is that what you said? Lovaki. so break down those we'll break down those then we got some other boxing news and we'll go from there yeah um so i'm gonna i'm gonna start with uh virgil ortiz uh he's with golden boy he's a fucking monster he's a middleweight um he's gonna knock hooker out uh probably early um i'll go fourth round um virgil ortiz is a guy that like is is getting Every single fight, you can see him sort of like settle down into his boxing and not just go on the attack and try to kill someone. Because when this guy fucking throws power shots, you can see just the force of his body because he's like, he's a thinner guy. Mm -hmm. So you can really see when he's turning his waist and his shoulders and the shots hard. You could see it through the fucking TV. And this guy fucking, he throws things to kill, man. He throws his shots to kill. Um, but he's really started, the last few fights, he's really started to settle down into his boxing. 
Um, and I just think he's going to be, he's going to be a monster for a long time. Uh, so I, I think he's just, I think he's going to destroy hooker early, get him out of there fourth round. Um, next I'll go to the, uh, Akoli Glavaki fight. I don't know too much about these guys. Uh, I know Glavaki a little bit, um, you know, mostly fighting European dudes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think Okoli has fought mostly European dudes too. Um, but they're cruiserweights, uh, heavy hitters. Um, Okoli is a guy that it's, it's clear he's way more athletic. He's taller. I think he's got reach on him. Um, he's undefeated. Uh, Glovaki, I think, is two. I think he's 34 and two, something like that. He's only got a couple losses. Um, it's for a vacant belt. Um, but so I think looking at this from the outside, just appearance wise, you would think that Okoli should win this fight based on his attributes, his physical attributes. But from what I've seen of him, he, he really likes to hold his rear hand low Pretty much he never brings it up and um like straight down no no he just just like just under oh. his chin like, like he holds it up like he's been trained like oh i gotta keep my hand up oh. but it's not where it should be so he's yeah. like open um and he flails a lot he throws a lot of like flailing pawing looping shots um and i i think he's gonna get caught so i think okoli's gonna get uh that always is going to be gone at this weekend. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Glovaki. Let's say, let's say eighth round knockout. Okay. Somebody right. and then, uh, got to go this weekend. Yeah. And then, uh, better be of, uh, versus Adam. I don't know how you say his name. I don't know who the fuck he is. I don't think it matters. Better be of knockout fifth round. I don't know. I'm good. <laughs> He's going he's gonna to fucking kill this guy because Arthur Betterbeev is an absolute machine. Like, everyone's familiar with Ivan Drago. He's like the real-life Ivan Drago, but way scarier. Um, he's just – he's – he's like – you. T- so this is, a, this, is a, this is a really good – so you, you think about um, Khabib as yeah. a wrestler UFC and how it's like, okay, everyone knows. Like, he gets a hold of you, it's over, yeah. right? Because once he gets a hold of you, there is just no stopping. Again, he's a machine. Yeah. He, he does his work until he gets you where he needs to get you, and then it's over. That's what he does. And everyone knows, like, oh, he's got a hold of him. It's over. There's no stopping it, right? Yeah. It's, it's a machine. There's no turning it off. That's what better be of it is in terms of boxing. Once he goes forward and he touches you and he sees that he touched you. You're done. It's, it's done. There's no, there's no turning off the machine. Um, now, no, look, uh, why don't we have got, got knocked down a couple times early on in his career because he was a little reckless. Um, so he's, you know, it, it could happen. Um, but, again, like everyone else, experience has come. His boxing has got better. Um, he's more aware of, of where his hands and his head are than he is early on in his career. But he's just a fucking machine, and he's going to run through this guy. And I feel like an asshole for – for admitting that I, I have no idea who this guy is and I don't think I've ever seen him fight, but I'm pretty confident saying I don't need to see him fight. That better be was gonna fucking wash this dude real, <laughs> real quick, real easy. All right. Well, 
I think uh, to go back to the first guy, I think it's always cool when you see like a fighter, like watch him progress throughout and like learn the skills and not just be, I always, I always struggled watching dudes who just like, you know, it's, it's always cool to see when a dude can just walk in and like one touch somebody and that's it. Like they can continuously do that. But like, for me, if I'm going to watch a fighter, especially in boxing, especially in like martial arts or like UFC, you know, for me, I want to see like a, a, a very good, like whatever it is that they're good at. Like, I want to see them be the best at it. And like for boxing, you know, I, I hate, you know, like the Deontay Wilders. Like I, I knew from the moment I saw Deontay Wilder, he was not a boxer. I knew that he was just a dude who was longer and more athletic than everybody who was in the heavyweight division at that time. And he was just catching people and that was it. And, you know, I said it, I'm sure everybody else who said it, if he went against somebody who was more athletic than him, he would get outboxed. It was just simple as that. And to see, and like the problem with a guy like Wilder versus a guy like Ortiz and why I'm saying this is like a guy like Wilder, you can see early on the flaws. Like you can see the issues is like, he's just a puncher. If you can outbox him, you can beat him. You know, from there, he should have fixed that. Like he should have fixed this over the last few years. His trainer's a fucking idiot. From what yeah. I understand, his, his trainer wasn't really um, a boxing coach. Okay, that makes sense. They, the dude that he fired, um, Mark Breland, um, who's been in boxing forever, I guess was at the gym. They brought him on because the, the, the head trainer doesn't know anything about boxing. So that, but, but going back, that just that's a little, uh, you know, that's why that happened. Okay, well then there you go. But you know, to see a guy step in and then fix his issues, get better, get cleaner, get stronger, get more powerful, more efficient, like that's what I love seeing in yeah. fighters. And like even recently, like I was a, you know, I was a guy who was like, oh, you know, when I was a little bit younger and I was like, if, you know, undefeated, they're the best, like undefeated, undefeated, undefeated. But like now it's like, you know, like Izzy, especially like Izzy lost last weekend, but that was a huge task for Izzy to take. And like to have that loss on his record, whatever, you know, he's going to be a better fighter because of it. Yeah. And like, you know, Floyd was one of those only dudes. Canelo fought Floyd, lost, but hasn't fucking lost since and probably won't lose. <laughs> and like, you know, you see these dudes who just get better and better and better and better each time they step in the ring. That's my favorite part about it. And like, you know, to, to see those fighters who are able to like pick up on what, what they need to get better at and actually get better at it and not just be like, all right, well, I'll just knock this guy out. I'm just going to keep knocking these guys out. Because, you know, Wilder, you know, a guy like Wilder, if he took the shoes of like Virgil Ortiz and like learned the things they need to learn or gets better at each fight, he'd probably be, you know, he has everything you need to be the best fighter in the world. But, you know, he just wants to knock people out and doesn't want to actually get better at boxing. And like, so I'm all about dudes like Virgil Ortiz, dudes like, you know, Canelo, dudes like, you know, Tio, all these dudes who just like get better and learn every time they get in the ring. And then you see just a better package on the next fight. I agree because one of the greatest, you know, experiences of my life was I, I I got to watch Mayweather's entire career, and I he he's been my favorite fighter since like 1999. Like mm-hmm. one of the first times I saw him fight. I mean, I think it was only like his 11th fight or something like that. Um, I always liked his fucking style, but I started liking him back in the day when he was pretty boy and he was just fast as fuck and used that speed to overwhelm people and throw yeah. a lot of punches and attack, attack, attack. And I watched him transition into a defensive genius. And I appreciated that. 
because I saw it like, oh, this is he's doing something different now. Great. Every fight, you know, like in, in the mid 2000s there, when, when every fight that happened, you saw him get a little bit more defensive and a little bit cleaner with his counters. And it yep. was like it's the greatest thing to watch, which makes me appreciate what Canelo has done even more. You're watching Canelo go from a guy who, when he fought Mayweather, threw his jabs like he was trying to kill him. Yep. And to see him settle down to someone who's just – he's changing speeds, changing angles, you know what I mean, changing levels, like nobody else. Seeing the IQ grow like that, it, it is – it's like my favorite thing too. Well, I mean, I know coming from both of us who are coaches and like, you know, you're a boxing coach. I'm more of a fitness guy, but uh, we look for that stuff. But like I think that's, you know, that's what you need to look at in these fighters. And like everyone gets caught up in the logo or the, you know, they're actually uh, – you know, the logos and like the, the records and all this stuff and who's got the better brand and whatnot. And, you know, like you see it with like Ryan Garcia, he's, a, you know, he's, you know, we'll see if he learns, but like, he's got the logo, he's got the, the looks, he's got the charm and he's got all that stuff. But like, does he learn in his next fight? Does he get better at defense? Does he move his feet better? Does he have the willingness, the desire to yeah. learn the way that Canelo has learned? Yeah. So like, that's what I look for. That's what I look for in fights. That's what I look for in fighters. And that's why for me, you know, I just want to see these guys go against people, but they don't for the simple fact that they don't want to fuck up their record. Cause it means less money. And that's yeah. all it is. It sucks, but that's all it is. Um, boxing news, more boxing news. All right. So let's, let's recap. So Virgil Ortiz, what's your prediction? Fourth round. Fourth knockout. round. All right. Uh, better be of, you said fifth round. Yep. Fifth round knockout. And then you said, uh, Glovaki is going to catch a Coley. I'll call it ninth round. I'm saying ninth round nine. Cool. cool. Yep. All right. So those are the predictions. Then we got Kevin Holland, second round TKO. Um, boxing news. Finally, finally, we see something on Fury and Joshua. They signed the fight deal, two-year fight deal. Um, there's been some stuff coming out. I don't know if it was true or not about Fury, like just not training or saying like something about him. Like yeah, man, I think he's just bullshit now. That's what I thought too. I mean, look, I saw, I saw, uh, uh, he put a post on Instagram like last week where he was wearing like a tank top. Mm-hmm. He, he looked fine. He didn't look fat or nothing. Like he was talking about, mm-hmm. oh, I've been drinking 12 pints of beer a day. It's like, come on. Dude. I think he was saying that shit out of frustration that like, oh, this is, this is what I think of Anthony Joshua and his team and this bullshit with the, with the yeah. um, contract signing. You're fucking around. I'm fucking around too. I'm not even training. Fuck off. I'm drinking beer. I think yeah. it was just he got frustration because he looks good. He looks in shape. Yeah. I'm excited for that fight. Joshua's fucking ears off. <laughs> What'd you say? He's going to box Joshua's ears off. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited he for that fight. I'm excited to see. Him. He'll outbox the fuck out of that dude. He really will. <laughs> but it's finally signed. There's going to be two fights at least. Uh, someone <laughs> someone said that. Why. What? I don't know why. Someone said that Fury's gonna let him draw again so he can win the second fight or something like that. Just as a joke, they're saying he's. <laughs> um, but there's gonna be a five victories for Fury. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, I think I think they have two. I, I mean, if they're gonna do that, they might as well have just done three. I mean, they probably. I, I think they did two because I think they fucking know that Fury's gonna win both, and there's no shot for for Joshua unless you know. Because what's what happens is he Fury wins by decision. The rematch is still gonna generate a whole shit ton of money. Yeah, and this is but, this mean, is the heavyweights. Unless fucking Tyson Fury like goes off the deep end and like falls in a deep depression or some shit, he's gonna box the shit out of him in two fights. Yeah. So whatever, that's yeah. cool. I mean, I'd like to see it twice, but I don't care. Yeah, I, I love seeing beautiful boxing. I watch him <laughs> box fucking five times. I don't care. Yeah, 
So that's what's not winning that fight unless he fucking has a gun and shoots him in the fucking feet. <laughs> he might not even be able to hit his feet. Yeah. His fury moves so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, so they finally signed. Uh been seeing some conversations and rumors. I know he's already got another fight, um, uh, but we mentioned it last week. Andy Ruiz uh, has got uh who'd you say he's fighting? Chris Ariola. Chris Ariola. But he's got a possible, uh, you know, after that, there's talk of him versus Wilder, which I think is, realistically, I think is the only fight to be made. I think those four need to be, you know, in some type of round robin, whatever you want to call it. Tyson Fury is obviously at the top. Joshua's next. I would put Ruiz third and then Wilder's at the bottom. And I think if Wilder, <clears throat> I but, think you've said this. But there's, a, there's a, yeah, I mean, out of those four. But we're still, see, here's the thing that those are big, big names in the heavyweight yeah. but. Alexander Usyk is yeah. remember he's fighting at heavyweight now, and he won his his debut at heavyweight. Um, again, he's naturally smaller than all those guys, but he's going to be one of those names in there too. Like, like honestly, Usyk is not beating Fury. I don't think any of those heavyweights are beating Fury. Um, I think Usyk has a really tough time with Ruiz, and I think he has a tough time with Wilder just because of Wilder's size. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I would love to see after Joshua loses twice to Fury, which will happen. I think Usyk and Joshua will be a really good fight. I think that'd be a really good fight. Like I said, I think that once this once this portion blows over and like once the dust settles from like Fury Joshua, then there's going to be a lot of fun fights to be made. It's going to be pretty boring for Fury because you know maybe Ruiz at that point will get a shot, but like you know I think there's going to be well like we said last week, Wilder versus Joshua will finally happen. You know, Usyk could come up. I'm sure there'll be another heavyweight that'll come up and like make some type of noise. Um, but like I said, this is going to be one of the coolest fights because I think that, especially for like the the casual fan, like boxing. When you think of boxing, you think of heavyweight. Like you think of those big dudes who are just swinging at each other. Even though, you know, uh, what's his face, uh, Fury isn't that type of fighter at all. You know, Joshua might be a little bit more of that type of guy. He's like the big build. Fury's just like this lanky just boxer like a true boxer any guy you know yeah. one of those guys is like he's fucking he's tall and like he's got thin ass arms and thin ass legs but he looks like a fat guy yeah yeah but that dude will box the shit out of you anybody yeah. box the shit out of anybody yeah so i think that boxing's it's just like you know there's certain things and like boxing's better when heavyweight division's fun i think that like you know the nba is better when the lakers are good and the, all this stuff like there's always like teams that you want to see that are just there and, and people and divisions that are always like when they're good it's just better so other than that <clears throat> marvin Hagler died i didn't watch a lot of marvin Hagler, so you know wasn't uh huge he was he was, yeah he was i heard great. he was <clears throat> he was a good fighter um Great fighter, I should say. And uh, I did watch some of him. I, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of him growing up. It was more of just like seeing highlights and hearing his name. But uh, it sucks that he passed away. Shit's just taking the legends as it always is. He was old. I mean, he was 68. He, he had some health scares a couple of years ago. Um, I think they said he died from the COVID, like COVID or the shot. Like he had the shot and he died a couple of days later. Yeah, I doubt it. I, I doubt COVID was the fucking, uh, the COVID shot was the reason. Because again, yeah. he had, I don't, I don't remember now. Look, at, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I know he did have some health scares a, a few years ago. I, mean, I, I don't remember what it was, but you know, he was, he was old. So he's high risk anyway. So, you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the information for this week. Wait, we got, we got one more. I, I want to get this dude's name right. Um, 
little bit of news. Um, Tio was sparring this undefeated young dude, Jose Velen- Velenzuela. Mm-hmm. This dude, there's footage of him. If you uh, go to YouTube, Teofimo gets knocked out in 30 seconds into sparring. Um, really? Teo gets knocked down by this, this uh, undefeated dude. So there's some news. He's going in to fight. Now, look at He's been on a, this, this high since he, he beat um, Loma. And Was listen. This I, like go, a week ago? Yeah. Um, so so go, go, go real quick. Just, just Teo, I, I think, did a, they had a brilliant game plan going in against Loma. I didn't think they had it in him. He was very patient, very smart. One, a, a fight that was a lot closer than was scored. But Tio and his father have been acting like they fucking like did something like like he came out of that thing untouched. Because if you remember at the end of that fight, Tio's face was lumped the fuck up. Yeah. He got touched up. Um, but he won. He's the Can champion. you send me the link? Because all I'm seeing is like a video like talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a go if you go to the end of the video, it's like the one of the last things oh. that they should. Um, but yet yeah, so Tio uh has been like doing a lot of talking about how. He's on top now. He's the king and blah, blah, blah. And he's got a fight against George Cambosis coming up, who I think is going to give him a fucking hell of a fight. I think Cambosis is a little too reckless to win. I think Tio's going to end up fucking catching him and knocking him out later in the fight. But up until that happens, that dude Cambosis is going to give him a fucking fight. Mm-hmm. I can see already. But this is not good. This reminds me, and it will remind anyone who's been watching boxing for a long time, of like, you know, let, let's say Mike Tyson, when, you know, late 80s, right before, you know, a couple of years before he lost to Buster Douglas and he was on top of the world and just fucking scaring everybody into knockouts in the ring, um, got knocked down a couple of times in sparring and people thought, oh, it was no big deal. And a couple of fights later after that, after the, you know, first time it came out is when he lost to Buster Douglas. Now, I'm not saying that means that Tio's going to lose. Yeah. You know, but it's definitely not a good sign that some dude that's 7 and 0 with four knockouts puts you down in sparring which tells me okay there's this kid that's fucking hungry like you used to be a little over a year ago, right? Yep. And now you think you're on top so you don't got to work as hard or something. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't want to like assume any of that shit, but it certainly isn't a good sign. Um, yeah, and I think you know I, I think that people underestimate like you know fighters can take hits, but you get hit, you know that's one less time really that you can take a shot. And like you know how many how many weeks is he out till the fight? Uh, I think they're I think they're fighting in May. So you like see? you get hit. Uh, it's, not more, it's, yeah. it's not it's not it's it's not a good look at any time of year. Whenever you got a fight coming up, when you're the champ. And you're getting knocked down and sparring by some fucking nobody. Yeah. And now look, that's no disrespect to that dude, but I don't know who the fuck that dude is. He's only got seven fights. He's still undefeated. So he's, he's clearly good. But what that tells me is that that kid was hungry. Don't give a fuck who Tio is and give a fuck about how many belts he has. He went in there to fuck this dude up. And Tio didn't take it seriously enough and got put down. That's not a good sign. That's crazy. Because if you go in with that mentality against a dude like Cambosis, who is there to fuck you up, yep. you might lose. 
Because All again, it takes is, yeah. reminds me of Tyson. Tyson was walking into those sparring sessions like I don't give a fuck. I just you know I'm 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 half in the bag. I'm high. Fucking throw whoever in there. I don't give a fuck. I'll knock them all out. Yeah. Then he put down the sparring. Couple fights later, you lose your for for the first time, and that's how it starts. Thinking that you're too good to that you don't need to walk around with that hunger anymore. You know what I mean, goes. Yep. talk about this with Ryan Garcia and Canelo. Like, how are you in the same camp with Canelo, who's got all the fucking belts, is clearly the best fighter in the world, and still don't fucking leave that gym ever. Every time we see that motherfucker, he's sweating. Yep. Right? That you lose that hunger, man. You start to lose them belts. So, yep. and that's not a good sign. That's actually that's that that may be bigger news than any of the other news that we talked about. That's, I didn't know that. That yeah, that's that's big for me. Eye on that, like. We, Remember that when this next fight, I, I still think Tio's going to win this fight. I think he's going to end up catching his dude Cambosis because uh, Cambosis is too reckless. But if you see Tio get touched up a little bit and you see him get roughed up a little bit, remember that. Remember, think back to that. Like, nah, he's starting to slip a little. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's big. that is big news. So we'll see what happens there. We'll pay attention to it. Um, but, yeah, that's the episode for this week, guys. Let us know what your thoughts are on the fights coming up. All the news we shared, UFC fights. We got some big fights next weekend for the UFC that I'm excited to break down. Uh, got some boxing coming up in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, that we'll go over as it comes up. And uh, we'll go from there. So we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thanks.